If you have your Bible, turn with me to the first chapter of the book of Luke. And let's, let's look at the Christmas story a little bit. And I'm going to look at it from just a little bit different perspective than what we always do. And I'm going to start with verse 1. And then I'm going to go clear over to Luke chapter 25 and get verse 45. And I'm going to speak for 3 hours and 27 minutes. And then my son's going to speak for 60 seconds. I'll I'll speak for about 15 minutes. Okay, is that okay? And then I'm going to turn it over again. But for the last week or so, I've been reading Luke 1 and just going over it. And we know about the book of Genesis through the writings of, of Moses. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible and God gave Moses the, 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 the doctrine, that's not a good word, God give Moses Genesis. I, I, I'm looking for a word and I can't find it. But God, God give to Moses a revelation of how he created this earth. And, and people say, well, that's Moses' idea. Well, well, it's really amazing about Moses' idea and creation that scientists still find out it's factual. Isn't that amazing? And so we know that Moses wrote the book of Genesis by being inspired by the Holy Spirit. Okay. And so when we look at the book of Luke in chapter 1, it's pretty much the same way. Watch what, what uh, uh, Luke says. Hey, Nancy, give me your Bible. I, I like the, the King James better than the New American. And I didn't get an amen from the amen corner. <laughs> I thought I'd get an amen. <laughs> and not even the heads, an amen. I'm a Methodist tonight. <laughs> you just heard somebody's feelings. Inasmuch, inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which men have fulfilled among us. Just as those who formed the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered into us. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding. Now I'm going to say that again. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write to you an orderly account of what is taking place. And, and what is taking place is that the very same spirit that was on Moses to write the book of Genesis is now on Luke to write the story of Jesus Christ and his birth. Now, Luke is going to have more people talking to him than Moses did, that's for sure. But in verse 1, 
Luke is compiling the account of the things that have been accomplished. And so he's going to start back at the birth of Jesus, and he's going to show us the life of Jesus all the way through the book of Luke, and then through the book of Acts. And so what we have, he's compiled all the accounts, and then they were, he says in verse 2, he said, they were hack-handed down to us. He said, by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and, servant, and, and servants to the Word. And Luke, the author here, is saying something. And what he's saying is, there were eyewitnesses of Jesus being born in Bethlehem as a baby. He said they were eyewitnesses. Now what he said was, he wasn't one of them. He wasn't one of the eyewitnesses. He, was, he said they were handed down. But what is so amazing in verse 3, he says, but God give me a perfect understanding of what's taking place. How many of you see that? And so what, what takes place with Jesus is, is that God takes Luke and Luke has these eyewitnesses. And who were the eyewitnesses? Well, Mary was an eyewitness. She was the mother. Joseph was an eyewitness. He was the father. How, how would you like to have been Joseph? That God said, he looked all over all over the world. And he saw Joseph. And he said, that's the man I want to raise my son. How about that? You don't think that's not an honor? We talked a lot about Mary. But let me tell you something about Joseph. Joseph, God saw Joseph and he said, you know what, that's the perfect man right there to raise my son. Is that not amazing? And so we have eyewitnesses. We have Mary. We have Joseph. Then we have Elizabeth. We have Zachariah. And we have John the Baptist. We have the shepherds. We have the wise men. These people, it's, it's an amazing thing because when you start looking at these people, and you start to look at their history. Mary was filled with the Holy Spirit. Joseph was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit. And John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. Is that not amazing thing? You know, one thing that we have left out of all of our doctrines is anymore is the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And in verse 3, Luke says this. Luke says, And I'm giving you a perfect understanding of what's taking place here. Wasn't there? There's eyewitnesses. But the Holy Spirit now is giving him the perfect understanding of what is taking place. And so God did the same thing with Moses. What God did with Moses, He said, Moses, I'm going to give you a perfect understanding of how this world was created. I'm going to give you a perfect understanding how everything was in order, and all you have to do is write it down. In Luke 25 and verse 45, listen to what, we, what the Scripture says. The Scripture says that Jesus, before He ascends into heaven, what Jesus opens their minds to understand the Scriptures. I love that Scripture verse right there. They're, they're standing there. These, these disciples of Christ are standing there. Jesus is about ready to be taken up. And Jesus takes and opens their minds up to the Scriptures. 
Don't you want that? Don't you want your minds opened up to the scripture? How would you like all of a sudden, boom, your minds just be opened up to the scripture? Because that's how I read it. I don't know how you read it, Luke 25, 45, but that's how I read it. I read it that their minds was opened up to the scripture. Open your Bible and look at it. It says, and he opened their minds to understand the scripture. Just as the Holy Spirit opened up Luke's mind to understand the birth of Jesus. Just how the Holy Spirit opened up the mind of Moses to understand creation. And here's what's so amazing. God still operates that way. He never stopped operating that way. The reason why we don't know how God operates is because we've taken too many things out of God's Word that it doesn't even come together now because we've taken so many things out that it doesn't make sense to us at all. But if you take the Word of God and you keep the Word of God together, it starts to make sense. And so Jesus opens their minds to understand the Scripture. Now here's what, what the angel is going to say to Mary. He's going to say to Mary, he's going to say, Mary, he said the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you and you're going to conceive. And you're going to conceive a son and you're going to call his name Jesus. And that, that's in, in Luke one thirty-five. The Holy Ghost will come upon you and the power from the Most High will overshadow you. That's what the Word of God said. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 17, listen to what it says. And it shall be in the last days, God said, I will pour out or pour forth of my Spirit on all mankind. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see vision. How many of you see that? Now, here's what's interesting about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. As soon as there was a baptism of the Holy Ghost, we entered right into the last days. How many of you see that? We entered right into the last days. If when the baptism of the Holy Spirit was poured out and we entered into the last days, where are we at right now? Where are we at right now? Because I'm tell you, telling you, we're at a critical point right now for the church. And there is going to be two revivals that are going to take place. One is going to be a revival of famine and pestilence. And the other is going to be a revival of God's Word, and they're going to run parallel with each other. And guess what? You get to decide which one of those revivals that you want to be into. The, the angel said to Mary, said, The Holy Ghost will come upon you, and He's going to overshadow you, and you're going to conceive. In Acts 1.8, listen to what it said. In Acts 1.5, John the Baptist, uh, uh, it says, John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days from now. Now listen, that was in Acts 1.5. And then in Acts 1.8, listen to what it said. He said, But you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And why does the Holy Ghost come upon us? He came he comes upon us the same way that he comes he came up on Mary. Listen, the Bible says, and the, and, and the angel said to Mary, he said this, he said, the Holy Ghost will come upon you and the power from the Most High will overshadow you. The Bible says here in Acts 1.8, But you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. How many of you see that? When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, He comes upon us so that we might be able to conceive. How many of you got that? 
Because it's an interesting thing in Acts chapter 2 and verse 17. And it shall be in the last days. That's what the Word of God says. And it shall be in the last days, God says, I will pour out or pour forth of my Spirit on all mankind. He doesn't say on my sons and on my daughters. He, this is what He said. He says on your sons and on your daughters and they shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions. Listen. At the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God took us into the last days and God said, I will give you power to conceive. We know that we can conceive in the natural. Right there. Right there. And he's like me. Now, if you don't think he is like me, he's like me. But he's worse than me. And if you don't think he's worse than me, ask his students. His students think I'm a nice guy. That's true. My students, though. Our students here at the school, they, they don't. And, hey, you know, now we have Bill teaching here, Pastor Bill's teaching. And now we still we have the nice pastor. <laughs> you know. But, but believe me, these students don't want to be around me in this doors. And, and I really think that they think she's being her niece if you want to do it. She's not even smiling right now. I'm going to get this tomorrow. But, but the thing of it is, is that, that now Pastor Bill's here. And so these students, you know, they, they have, you understand what I'm saying? And, and so they, they kind of like him, okay? God has given us the power to conceive. And so what we have done in the school is that we're conceiving. How many of you done that? Well, my, my son's did it in school. We're conceived. And listen, we conceive through the Holy Spirit. And what are we talking about? We're talking about the same Holy Ghost that overshadowed Mary and the power of God come into that woman's life. And Jesus Christ was conceived. That same Holy Ghost in Acts 1-8 comes upon us. And when He comes upon us, He gives us the power to conceive in the Spirit. And what happened? How, how do we know that? Paul said of Titus. Paul said of Timothy. Paul said of Onesimus. Paul said of Pilate. He said this. Paul said, these are my sons. I have begotten them in the Spirit. How many of you understand that? And here's what God wants. God wants us to take that gift, the Holy Spirit, and listen to what He'll do. He will fill us with His power. And when He fills us with His power, He's going to give us revelation knowledge. How many of you want revelation knowledge? Especially in this day that we live in right now. And so I'm just about ready to finish to turn this over to my son. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. And it shall be in the last days, God says, I will pour out or pour forth of my spirit of all mankind. Do you have sons in the Spirit? On your daughters, do you have daughters in the Spirit? And I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. He, he said, because if you do, they'll prophesy. And then when He said, He said, your young men shall, shall see vision. Why? So in the last days, in all the trials and turmoil that's coming on earth today, the greatest revival is about to take place. Amen. 
the greatest revival known to mankind is just about ready to take place. I know you don't like what's going on. And if you did, I think there's something wrong with you. I really would. If you said, if you came to me and you said, you know, Pastor, I think the government and everything's all right. Don't talk to me. They're wrong. And it's not right what the government's doing. But I'm going to tell you something. You still have to honor How many of you got a hold of that? The last days. When God poured out His Holy Spirit, we entered into the last days. The greatest revival in the last days about to take place. Somebody say amen. amen. Oh, that's weak. Somebody say amen. Amen. That's a little better. Um, how, many of you, how many of you agree with that as far as that the last days? This is the days, um, I think that when the writers of the scripture, I think when they were writing, these are the days they talked about and these are the days they wanted to live in. And I've said this before that that if they could trade places with us, they would right now. And um, the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon us to preach the Word. And if there's ever a time that the world needs the Word, it's right now. It's right now. Who in here likes Christmas music? Alright, I can't pull of you. Okay, I have a daughter who starts listening to Christmas music probably roughly around October. Okay? And I can't stand it that early. I have to be honest with you. Okay? But this year... I, uh, as soon as Thanksgiving was over, I was like, okay, let's get the Christmas tree up, let's get the decorations up, and I started listening to Christmas music immediately. I started playing in the office, and people at school are like, what is that? Our assistant principal, he's our elementary principal, he said, I'm going to be so sick that by the time Christmas break is here, and I'm like, I'm sure you are. But here's what I said to my wife, if there was ever a time in the history of man that we needed the Christmas spirit, it's now. Amen. We need the spirit of Christmas because of the world which we see. I said this morning, it's this. It's an unprecedented world. We're not an unprecedented people. We don't serve an unprecedented God. And so therefore, we know what the Word says. We need to preach according to the Word. Okay? And let God do what God does and not operate under the prophecy of fear. Somebody say, fear is not my prophet. Right. Come on, say fear is not my prophet. It's not my prophet. Fear is not going to tell me what to think about tomorrow. Fear is not going to tell me about what I think is going to happen in the election, what I think is going to happen in the government. I'm not going to let fear dictate how I'm going to go forth. And the Christmas spirit, that started in Luke chapter 1. I'm going to go to Luke chapter 2. And I'm just going to read just bits and pieces of this because I feel like the Christmas spirit is upon us if we understand what the Christmas spirit is. You guys have heard this for years. Jesus is the reason for the season, right? Right? Have you heard that for years? Jesus is the reason for the season? But yet in our homes, in my home as well, we have nativity scenes of him and the manger, right? Who in here has a nativity scene at home? And a lot of times what happens when we have that, that Jesus is the reason for the season, we put him in that cradle and we leave him in that cradle all the way through the Christmas time. And when the Christmas time is over, we bring him out. That's why I was glad to hear Dad talk with this evening about salvation, about going to the cross, and one of the songs that we sang as well. And in, in, in Luke chapter 2, uh, we have the Christmas story, right? We have the story of Christ's birth. This is the account of his birth. And down in verse, uh, verse 10, it says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to who? 
All people. Right? All people. Not just the people who were hearing at the time. Not just for the people who lived in that day. But to all people. Well, if it's good tidings, if it's great joy, does that mean it's the good tidings and the great joy of the birth of Christ? And the answer is no. It's not. That's the avenue in which salvation is brought to the earth. So therefore, Christ was born so that you and I could be saved. Somebody say amen. See, when we say the Christmas story, it's an account. It's an account of Jesus' birth, what it is. But if you want to know what the Christmas story is, you've got to flip over to John 3.16. Somebody say amen. And in John 3.16, it says, Christ will love the world that gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world and in the world, but through the world, excuse me, but in the world through Him might be what? Saved. And here's the notes that I wrote for myself, okay? It's this. I have to take Jesus out of the, out of the cradle. I can't leave Him in the manger. And can't leave Him in His mother's arms. I can't leave Him at the adoration of shepherds. I have to put Him on the cross. I have to bring Him forth out or lay Him in the grave and bring Him forth alive because Christmas is about the Gospel. The Gospel is in John 3.16. It's not in Luke chapter 2. Hello? No, it's not. It's in John 3.16. And the Gospel message or the Christmas message that we need today is this. Jesus loves you. Yes. Jesus loves you. My neighbors don't think the same way I do about politics. Thank God. Okay? They don't think the same way I think about a lot of things. But here's the deal. During this time, they need Jesus more than they ever have. Come on, you've lived by your neighbors for a long time. And I'm telling you this. Your neighbor to the right, your neighbor to the left, needs to know the Christmas story. And that is, he was brought to earth. He was born of a Virgin Mary. He was born, but he was born not to stay in that cradle. He was born to go to the cross so that one day he would wear the crown. So that one day he would come back. And it takes me over to Hebrews. I was reading this this morning uh, to Fort Fort Church in Hebrews chapter uh, 9 and verse 26. And it's a very familiar scripture verse. But it says, And he then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. Yeah. But now once at the end of the ages he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And it's appointed unto men one died once, excuse me, but after this the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly wait for Him who will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. Church is about salvation. It is. The Christmas spirit that we need to give now more than we ever have is the gift of salvation. Do your neighbors a favor. Don't argue about politics. Oh boy. Come on. Do your neighbors a favor and don't judge them according to the sign that they have in their yard. Hello. Don't do that. What we do during this season is saying this, is that right now, if there was ever a time we need more believers, more Christians in this world, it's today. It's today. See, I have a belief that I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. I could be wrong. I don't know. I have no idea. I have nothing to back that up. I will say this. If it gets worse before it gets better, I have people beside me. I have people around me. I have loved ones who I want to see in the kingdom more than anything in the world. Do I want to buy them a gift for Christmas? Well, absolutely I'm going to buy them a gift for Christmas. Am I going to sing Christmas songs? Hey, my Christmas tree's up in my house. Okay? Who's, who in here? You 
going to talk about that Christmas tree. But the most important thing for the people today is salvation. It's salvation. And the Christmas message for us today is that, listen, there was a cradle. There was. There was a cross. But there's also a crown. There is. The cradle and the cross and the crown. I wrote this down. And it says this. This was, this was Billy Graham. And he says, at the cradle, he was in the stall of animals. On the cross, he wore a crown of thorns. But when he comes again, he will be commander-in-chief yeah. of the armies in heaven. Yeah. He will take control of this war-weary world and bring permanent peace. And, new, and a new world will be formed and a new social order will emerge. Amen. And for myself, I said, this is the reason why I can say he's the reason for the season. This is why I can say Merry Christmas to all. I can say peace on earth and goodwill to all men. The reason why we can say that is because he's no longer in the cradle. He's no longer on the cross, but he is the commander-in-chief. Somebody say amen. 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 And that's the Christmas message. That's the Christmas message that the church needs to give out more than anything in the world. We have a people right now who are searching and looking for something. Yes, They're looking to a government party. They're looking to a governor. They're looking to a mayor. They're looking to somebody who can make a change. Listen, there's a desperate people right now. You don't think there is? There is. And what they'll do is they'll come home from work and they'll flip on the news just to see if something's changed. Come on, am I right? There's a desperate people out there right now. What they'll do is they'll just hope and pray while they're at work. When they get off, something's changed. Listen, what needs to change is the way that we feel about the world, hello, and how we feel about those people. And it isn't, it isn't us and having disagreements, or us and not believing, or us walking in fear. That's not what it's about. The Christmas spirit, come on, it's about your Christmas tree, that's perfectly fine. Okay? It's about your nativity scene. It's about all of those things. But I'm telling you this, the message of the Christmas spirit is this. For he loved the world so much that he sent Jesus. He sent his son. It was on purpose that he did that. It wasn't by happenstance that it was to take place that way. It was on purpose. So when I look throughout this place tonight, here's what I see. I see believers. Right? Are you believers? Say, I'm a believer. What I see is believers. I don't feel like right now what I need to do is have an altar call. Or do one. I don't feel like there's an altar call in this place. But I look around and say, oh yeah, it's Sunday night. Nobody comes to church on Sunday night. Okay, only the believers out here. Alright? I look out here, you guys are all believers. This message isn't to get you saved. This message isn't to get me saved. What it is is to revive our spirit and say this, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be alright. And if anybody knows that, I do. Hello? If anybody knows that, the church does. And what we have to do is be the messenger of the Christmas spirit. And the Christmas spirit is this. He did come in a cradle. He did go to a cross. And he did wear a crown. And one day he will come back again. And when he does, I want my neighbor to be ready. I, will, I call him out by name. Who in here calls him out by name? I do. I call him out by name. These guys look for me, look over my house. When I'm gone, they know I'm gone tonight. They're looking out because who knows what's going to happen every time I come to church. I hope saying something weird happens at home. I tell them, I'm gone. I'm going to be out of the house tonight. Okay, my wife and my kids are going to be there. Keep an eye on. Watch out what's going on. Protect. And that's what we do for each other. But I don't know what their walk with the Lord is. I don't know. I don't know. I have an idea, but I don't know. But here's what I want them to know in this season.
in this time. There is peace. There is peace. And there is truth. There are all these things. I'm telling you this. They're in God. They're in Jesus. They're in His Son who brought salvation. So I want to pray for us. I'm going to give it back to my dad. I want to pray for us. Is that all right if I pray for us? Stand with me if you would. Here's what I want to pray tonight is this. Not that, that we get saved. Okay, like I said earlier. But that we would understand the Christmas season. And that is this. It's all about salvation. Why did the Holy Spirit, like that said, come upon Mary? Why are we been given that gift? Listen, we've been given that gift to preach the Word of God. And nothing else. I was sitting at my dinner table. And there was a young boy who graduated from our school who was sitting there with my son. And he, would, he goes to a Reformation church. And he was talking about his firm foundation in God's Word. And man, it was, it was God. It was salvation. It was coming out. Him and my son started to have a disagreement about the gifts. Okay? About the gifts of the Spirit. They started to have a disagreement. Okay? And the disagreement was, why are the gifts? Why are this? Why are that? And I'm like, listen, boys. Here's where it's at. The gifts of the Spirit are there to bring boldness upon the church for us to be able to preach the message and edify the church. That's what it's there for. And that's why God gives us the Holy Spirit. That's why He gives us the gifts of tongues. That's why He gives us the gifts. And if we don't understand that it's about salvation... We miss it. We miss it. And I'm saying this. I don't know that we can have a Christmas spirit aside from John 3.16. Aside from Hebrews. Because there is a cradle. There is a crown. But I'm telling you this. I want people around me to know that it's about the commander-in-chief. Somebody say amen. Can I pray for us tonight? Father God, we come before you. Lord, I thank you for this evening. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the fellowship. Lord, I thank you for your word. And Lord, I thank you that you have us in a time that we can enjoy the Christmas spirit. And Lord, allow us to take your word. Allow us to take that revelation inside of us and not keep you in a cradle. Lord, not keep you on a cross. Not keep you in a tomb. To pull you forth, Father God, so that we can call you the commander-in-chief. The one who's going to come back one day again and change it all. And so, Father God, we just speak that over us right now. That, Lord, I speak over a church that understands during this season, it's most important that we understand who you are. That we understand who you are. And, Father God, right now, there's folks in here, Lord, I know they hurt for people. I know this, that, Father God, that, that politics has driven families apart. That what's happened in our nation has divided folks. Lord, we just break down that wall of separation right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I speak over everyone's house in here. That Lord, they will have get-togethers for, for Christmas. That their families will come in. Even in disagreement, they'll be there. And when they do, they'll feel the spirit of Christmas. The same spirit that follows us throughout our days, throughout even when it's not December, throughout our lives, and for throughout eternity. Lord, I speak that over us tonight for that family that is struggling, for that one in here who has a neighbor that they're just struggling with. Lord, I just speak that over each and every one of us. Lord, we don't have all the answers, but you do. So we give you the gospel. Lord, you gave us the gospel. We give ourselves back to you in giving it out in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. amen.